Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Give the Lord a hand, praise. Merry, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Y'all made it to Christmas almost. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. How many were blessed by the skit by the Kingsmen and the song? Praise God and the families who. Uh, lit the candlelight. We are so grateful for all the families and the people that are part of Chapel of Change. We're so thankful to the Lord. I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 is going to be our focus of study this morning. And we're going to do what billions of other Christians are doing this uh, season is, is praying, worshiping, and studying God's Word and thinking about the power of of Christmas. As you turn to Matthew chapter 2, I want to remind you that every Sunday we're passing out bulletins. You, sh uh, you should get your bulletin at the door. The bulletins have a place where you could fill out your fir any first-time guests. You could fill out your information and rip that section off and put it in the offering basket at the end of the service. We want to stay connected to you, but also the bulletin allows you to take notes. Someone say take notes. Uh, I really want to encourage you, do not trust your memory. I'm really believing that God speaks to us as we open up his word, and the spirit of the Lord speaks to us, and don't trust your memory, but write down things that God has, is, is telling you, particularly when we come together. Someone say amen to that. So Matthew's chapter 2, now... Before I read this, I want you to think about something with me. Satan is not a creator. He's a counterfeiter. He doesn't create. What he does is he looks to what God does, and he seeks to counterfeit that which God does. In order to divert people from experiencing what God wants them to have. Are you following along? There's a lot of counterfeits uh, in this world. I, I really believe that the nightclubs are a counterfeit church. I really believe that bars are a form of a counterfeit church. There's a reason why God says in his word, do not be drunk off wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice the contrast. Not wine, but filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because wine is a counterfeit Holy Spirit. Are you following along? Satan is a counterfeiter. He's not a creator. He looks to what God is doing, and he seeks to counterfeit a move of God in order to divert the world into experiencing something that has no power. It actually puts you into bondage. Now, I want you to relate that to Christmas with me for a moment. Christmas is the only Christian holiday or holy day that is also a major secular holiday. Think about that with me. 
Christmas is the only Christian holy day that is also a major secular holiday. What is the result of that? The result is that there's two different celebrations, uh, each observed by millions of people at the very same time. Follow along with my train of thought here. Millions of unbelievers will celebrate Christmas and don't even believe in the meaning of Christmas. Are you following along? Millions of unbelievers will invest millions of dollars to promote a Christmas without a Christ. And their story becomes about reindeers instead of angels. Their story becomes about Santa Claus instead of Jesus. Their story becomes about receiving instead of giving. And the real power of Christmas is hid. It's veiled to a generation. Think about this with me. The sad reality is billions of people will wake up the day after Christmas the very same person. Million, billions of people will wake up the day after Christmas with no change or transformation in their life. How in the world can one go throughout the Christmas season and not be transformed? Christmas ought to transform you. Christmas ought to change you. Christmas ought to empower you. Christmas ought to bless you. Christmas ought to do something in your life to prepare you to bust the new year wide open. And so as long as you're part of Chapel of Change, we're going to remind ourselves about the real power behind Christmas, the real meaning behind Christmas so that we could let the message hit us, let the power hit us, let the power transform us. So let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. When everybody's there, say amen. I gave you five minutes to get there. You should have already been there. The word of the Lord reads, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, or magi. Someone say magi. Other translations say magi for wise men. From the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is is he who has been born king of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, pause for a second. I want you to note something. That immediately, immediately, the Christmas story introduces us to two kings, off the top, off the top, immediately, we can't even go down to verse maybe even uh, uh, two, uh, and, and we already have here two kings that are being introduced. One is a worldly king, one is a false king, which is Herod, who represents the kingdom of darkness. The other is the true king, the real king, the king of of kings, which is Jesus Christ, who represents the kingdom of God. Are you following along? Automatically, off the top, the Christmas story introduces us to two kings. Listen, I want to remind you this morning that the Christmas story is more than just about a baby being born. The Christmas story is about two kingdoms colliding. 
The Christmas story is about two kingdoms colliding, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. The Christmas story is about an invasion from heaven. It's about an invasion from heaven. The Christmas story is about a revolution against the kingdom of darkness. The Christmas story is about a king who loved us enough to come back for us. That's what the birth of Jesus is about. It's about the king of kings who loved us enough to come back for us. Not to condemn us, not to point the finger at us, but to deliver us, to save us, to restore us, to put the crown back on our head, to give us back purpose and meaning uh, in our life. In fact, 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, or you could say uh, born, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus was born. He wasn't born just to be born. He was born to destroy the works of the devil. So if you came to church today and depression has bound you or you came to church today and discouragement has bound you, if you came to church today and an addiction has, has bound you, you have come to the right place because we here worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now go back to the text in verse 3. It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And, we had, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet." But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler, someone say ruler, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child uh, with Mary his mother, and look what they do. They fell down and worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Let's pray over God's word. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you speak to us, encourage us, and strengthen us, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everyone says, amen. For years, people have been uh, fascinated by the story about the Magi uh, to the degree that countless portraits have been uh, drawn about this scene and countless stories have been uh, written about this scene. But for to this morning, I want us to think about 
what was the main point of this story? Whenever I read the Bible or read a verse of scripture, my, my question is, what is the main point? What is the main point? So let me give you the main point of this story. This story is about people risking everything to seek Jesus with all their hearts. Are you following along? That's what this story is about. It's about people uh, risking everything to seek Jesus with all their hearts. It's really about seeking Jesus. Now, what does that mean? Well, to seek Jesus is to make efforts to direct our hearts and our minds toward Jesus. That's what it means to seek Jesus. We make efforts to direct our hearts and minds toward Jesus. So we see this in the story of the Magi. They, they direct their efforts toward Jesus. They direct their time. They direct their energy. They direct their worship. They direct their giving. They direct their sacrifice toward Jesus. Are you following along? No one stumbles into a powerful Christian lifestyle. No one rises from this world uh, uh, automatically. We must put effort, we must put energy, we must cultivate a strong relationship with the Lord by seeking His face. In fact, this is a theme that runs throughout the entire Bible. All throughout the Bible, God, He even commands us to seek His face. This is the call of God, to seek Him. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11, it says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. This is the call of God. When you wonder what God is telling the world today, He's saying, Turn to me. Seek me. Come after me. In Psalms 14, verse 2, it says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. We got to remind ourselves that the eyes of the Lord are running throughout the earth. And what is he looking for? He's looking for a man or a woman who will call upon his name. He's looking for a man or a woman who are family that will seek his face. This is a theme that runs throughout the entire Bible. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. While he's near. This is the call of God throughout every generation. He's looking. He's looking, men, husbands in the house. He's looking if you'll lead your family into seeking God. He's looking to see if you'll lead your family into praying to God, studying his word, bringing them to church. God is looking. Someone say, God is looking. So we're excited about uh, 2024. We're not going to back down from 2024. We're going into 2024 with fresh vision and fresh power. And we are dedicating January to seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. We're calling it Seek Month. And we're going to give you opportunities uh, to, to, to seek the Lord even more so. Our Thursday nights, uh, not next this Thursday, because this Thursday we have no midweek service, but the first Thursday of the month, we are going to dedicate every Thursday in January to prayer and worship in the sanctuary. I want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you to seek the Lord with 
us. Listen, one definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, yet expecting different results. If you want to uh, experience something different in 2024, you're going to have to do something different in 2024. And there's nothing better a life can do, nothing better a soul could do than to seek after his or her creator in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm also going to be, along with some of the other men leaders, going to be hosting a Zoom prayer for men on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. Every Wednesday at 5 a.m. You can go on our social media, Facebook, to get the Zoom information or our webpage. But I am calling all the men to join me for 30 minutes of prayer on Wednesdays on Zoom uh, uh, at 5 a.m. in the morning. We're going to pray before you brush your teeth. We're going to pray before you go to work. We're going to pray before anything happens. We're going to give our day unto the Lord. Someone shout amen. amen. And we have various women Zoom groups in the morning. Pastor Irene is leading a, a, a Zoom group in the, every day in the morning. I think it's at 530 uh, in the month of January. So ladies, I want to encourage you to get connected to Pastor uh, Irene and join that prayer uh, group. You know, there's a promise in the Bible, James 4, 8. Uh, the word says, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. Draw close to me, and I will draw close to you. God says, you put some initiative, I will match your initiative. I will match your effort. If you want me to draw close, you have the key to pour out more of God in your life. You want more of God on your marriage? You want more of God on your kids? You want more of God on your career? You have the key, and it's drawing closer to God. Someone shout amen. So I want us to think about the Magi this morning. I want us to think about who they are, and I want us to think about how they sought the Lord. How did they sought the Lord? Uh, and I want to just give you a couple of things to meditate upon as we go into uh, Christmas tomorrow. So who, who are these guys, and what was involved in their seeking? As I studied and prepared, I wrote down that they came to Jesus with right motives. They came to Jesus with right motives. And I get that in verse 1. Listen to what they say with their own mouth. They said, we have come to worship him. We have come to worship him. So I want you to notice that their searching for Jesus was all about giving to Jesus. Their searching for Jesus was all about giving to Jesus. They give their joyful submission to Jesus. They give their joyful worship to Jesus. They give their joyful sacrifice to Jesus. By the way, if you're part of the Chapel of Change and you have not given your Christ's birthday offering, you can give today. Be like the Magi and let's give our joyful sacrifice to the Lord. They weren't trying to use Jesus. I want to note that. They weren't trying to use Jesus. They were not trying to manipulate Jesus. They come to Jesus with the right motives. Are you following along? Now, motives speak of your true intent behind your actions. Motives speak be, uh, about your true intent behind an action. And motive is big to God. Like, motive is big to God. I would, I would dare say that some of y'all are not getting answers to your prayers because your motives are wrong. 
Motive is big to God. In Proverbs 16, verse 2, it says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Motives are big to God. In Proverbs 21, verse 2, it says, A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. And so I want us to just think about that this morning a little bit. Is what is, what is your motive for seeking Jesus? What is your motive for getting closer to God? Now listen, you may, you may have come to Jesus by different points in different ways, but now you're here. Now you're here. Now you're in your right mind. What is your motive for seeking God? What is your motive for praying to God? Is it a get out of jail free? Is it for, to get out of jail free? Is it, is it to just get blessed? Is it to just feel good about yourself? Listen, you need, a, you need more than just to feel good about yourself. You need more than just a good time. You need more than just to feel good about your life. You need a revolution in your heart that only can be started by, by, by King Jesus. Someone shout amen to that. Now listen, it's very important. Before we go into 2024, all of us must let God cleanse our motives. Why is that? Because at different points in times, all our hearts deceive us. At different points in times, all our hearts deceive us. And we need to come before the Lord. This is one of the reasons why we have an open altar where we can come before the Lord and say, Lord, cleanse my motives. You remember that psalm in Psalms 51 verse 10? It said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That ought to be our prayer for the next couple of days. Lord, create in me a clean heart, Lord God. I may, have, I may have approached you out of wrong motives, but I'm in my right mind now. And I want to I straighten up now. I want to get clean now. I want to I come to you because I love you. I want to follow you because you've been good to me. I'm not going to treat you like a genie anymore. Some people need to repent from treating God like a genie. Is anybody following along? So these magi, they come with the right motives. Here's the second thing I wrote down, who they are. They represent God's call for all to come to him. They represent God's call for all to come to him. Let me explain to you this statement. Uh, they were magi. Someone say magi. Meaning that they were not God's people. They were not living their life in obedience to God's commands. Uh, they were far from God. They were not Hebrews. They were not part of the family of God as it relates to the covenants of God. They were not part of the covenant relationship with God. They were magi. Magi at different times in history, that word is connected to magic. At different times in history, that word is connected to magic. Get this, some even believe that they may have practiced dark arts and some form of witchcraft. Some believe that they practiced dark arts and some form of, of witchcraft. So this gives us the big question this morning. Why are they in the Bible? Why are they in the Bible? Why did God uh, put his time and effort to, to put their a uh, uh, story in the Christmas story. Well, let me, let me clarify something. They're not in the Bible to affirm their behavior. 
They're not in the Bible to affirm their behavior. They're not in the Bible to affirm their ungodly lifestyle. That's not why God put them in the Bible. Here's the answer. God put them in the Bible to prove that his grace is for all people. God put them in the Bible. In the first Christmas story, God allowed them to be in the story to prove that his grace is for everyone. Are you following along? They are in the Bible to show that God's grace is bigger than your background. They represent that God's call is for all to come to him. They represent that about God. That God is for all to come to him. Amen. He's calling everybody how far. It doesn't matter how far you are from God. It doesn't matter how, what, what you're caught up in. The call of God is to draw near to him. Come to me, all you that are heavy and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is the good news of Christmas. No one gets left behind. This is the universal call of Christmas. No one gets left behind. In fact, when the angels appeared to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for, get this, all the people. Amen. Someone say all the people. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls... On the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls. This is the good news of Christmas. No one is left behind. I thank God that the Lord has marked Chapel of Change with his power. I thank the Lord that God has marked Chapel of Change with his grace. With his grace. Last Wednesday at our Carson campus, at our Bible study, a young lady came to church for the very first time, and she came and walked before everybody in the church service, and she publicly renounced witchcraft. She publicly renounced witchcraft, and she publicly announced her allegiance to Christ Jesus. She publicly renounced witchcraft, and she publicly announced her sub joyful submission, her joyful worship to King Jesus. That's a modern-day Magi story right there. That's the LBC translation right now. It's not really older people. It's younger people nowadays renouncing witchcraft. This is the call of Christmas. This is the call of Christmas. You know, I was thinking about this, how the Magi were possibly caught up in some form of witchcraft. And you'll be surprised that uh, how witchcraft has invaded our culture. And you'll be surprised at the various shades to witchcraft. That witchcraft is not all about witches and warlocks. It's not all about witches and warlocks. In fact, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 23 says, For rebellion is akin to witchcraft. Witches and witchcraft is not all about, there's shades to witchcraft. It's not all about witches and warlocks. 1 Samuel 15 verse 23 says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. In fact, there is a form of witchcraft uh, that derives from the work of the flesh. 
there's a shade of witchcraft that derives from the work of the flesh. You'll be surprised. Witchcraft is closer to you than you know it is. You'll be surprised. Listen, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and gets this last word, and witchcraft. There's a shade of witchcraft that derives from the works of the flesh, and it's expressed through manipulation, intimidation, and domination. This shade of witchcraft that is expressed through the works of the flesh comes by manipulation, intimidation, and domination. What does that mean? Here's what it means. Whenever you manipulate, whenever you try to intimidate, whenever you try to dominate, you're being influenced by a shade of witchcraft. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, witchcraft is closer to y'all than you realize. Whenever we lend ourselves to manipulation, whenever we lend ourselves to intimidation, when trying, okay, let me break it down. Whenever you try to force your way, Whenever you try to, you, you don't get your way, and so you're figuring out different loopholes on how you could push your agenda. Oh, it happens in churches too, right? That is a form or a shade of witchcraft that we must repent from and, and, and lay down at the feet of Jesus. Is anybody following along? So the magi, they represent the call of God for all people. To come to him. But how did they seek the Lord? How did they seek the Lord? I'm going to give you one way that they sought the Lord. Which is very, very important. Particularly in the day that we're living in now. Let me give you just one. Seeking Jesus involves the Bible. It involves the Bible. Seeking Jesus involves the Bible. Now let me help you understand where I get that from, all right, and why it's so important. I want you to notice something. The Magi start seeking Jesus because of a supernatural event of a star. And I wish I had time to break down that star, that glory star, because that's a powerful meaning in that. But they, they start to seek the Lord because of this supernatural event. But notice something. Notice something in their journey. To finally get to Jesus, they had to go through the Bible. To finally get to Jesus, they had to go through the Word of God. Now, where do I get that from? Well, look at what happens. The Magi asked the question, where is the king? Where is the king? And then Herod asked the religious leaders, where is Jesus to be born? And in response to that question in verse 5, the religious leaders say, in Bethlehem in Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet Micah. Did you catch that? It was the Bible that finally revealed where Jesus was. Did you catch that? They needed the Bible to point them in the right direction. They needed the Bible to point them in the right direction. We, all of us, must go through God's Word to finally find Jesus. Now listen. People start their journey on seeking the Lord at various places. Various places. God may use somebody to trigger your interest in Jesus. God may 
using an event to trigger your interest in Jesus. Some people come to Jesus because of the light. Others come to Jesus because of the fire. God may use an encounter to trigger your interest in Jesus. And listen, we believe in encounters. I, I believe the Bible is clear that God gives men and women encounters of him. I had an encounter uh, with the Lord at the age of 18 years old. I believe the Bible is very clear about that. But here's what I want you to know. I don't care where you start off at and how you start off at. You must eventually go through the Bible to realize who Jesus really is are you following along it is the Bible when when you connect the dots forms the face of Jesus in our life it's the Bible that's why at Chapel of Change we're committed to teaching you the Bible that's why at Chapel of Change every time we gather together we open up the Bible that's why we prepare as preachers and teachers of the word to help you understand the Bible why we want you to see Jesus we want you to see Jesus and every revival, whether it happens in an individual or a church or a community, every revival starts with a fresh vision of who Jesus is. Every journey, every, every revival starts with a fresh vision of who Jesus is. Where do we find him? We find him in the Bible. And Jesus attested to this. He affirmed this in John chapter 5 verse 39. He says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about who? About who? About me. When you connect the dots of the Bible, you see the face of Jesus. Listen, he affirmed this in Luke 24, verse 27. He says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was written in all the scriptures about who? About himself. When you connect the dots of the Bible, you get the face of Jesus. It is the word of God that reveals the son of God. It is the word of God that reveals the son of God. And we seek the king through the scriptures. We seek the king through the Bible. And get this. I want to let you just give you a piece of wisdom. Jesus doesn't reveal himself, all himself to you at once. Jesus doesn't reveal all himself to you at once. You could not handle the total revelation. So he gives you by little, by little, mountain by mountain, step by step. That's why we got to keep coming back to Bible study. Keep coming back to church. Keep, in, keep coming back to worship. That's why we need to continue to come to fellowship. Because every time we meet together, every time we go into the Bible, he's revealing himself more and more and more and more. And you know what happens when you see the face of Jesus? Jesus, transformation happens in your life. Transformation happens in your marriage. Transformation happens in your mind. You remember 2 Corinthians 3.18? It says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. As we behold the glory of the Lord through his scripture. We get transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another. You know why I'm excited about 2024 is because we're pressing into supernatural growth. Amen. And God is going to grow you to the degree 
that you could handle the blessing he's been trying to get into your life for the last five years. For some of y'all, God has been trying to get a certain blessing into your life for the last five years, but you were not strong enough to sustain it. You are not strong enough to maintain it. You are not strong enough to manage it. But I'm believing in 2024, you're going to experience some supernatural growth. And by your growth, you're going to be able to receive what God has for you. And you're going to be able to carry that, that blessing with, with joy. God's been trying to get some things into your life, and the reason why he can't do it is because you can't handle it. Not no more in 2024. You're going to grow. You're going to grow. You're going to grow. I pronounce that over you in the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to grow in 2024. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed as the worship team comes up. Hallelujah, Lord God, in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is our time of reflection where we think about what God said to us. What was the Lord trying to get across to us? With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we reverence the Lord... Like the Magi, we must choose our king. There's only two responses you can give to Jesus. You either reject him or you submit to him. You either reject him or you submit to him. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. So in a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity for someone who is not right with God. If you're not right with the Lord and you want to get right with God before the end, the end of the year, you want to submit to Jesus, you want to be like the, the, the Magi and you want to give your joyful submission to Jesus, your joyful worship to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. But let's bow our heads and our hearts and let's think about what God was trying to get across to us. Hallelujah, Lord. there's anybody here that is not right with the Lord and you need to get right through repenting from your sins and submitting unto the Lord Jesus if that's you I want to pray with you right where you're at God's call is still the same today he's calling you unto him If there's anybody in the house that needs to get right with the Lord, just stand up right where you're at, and I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you right where you're at. I see you. I see you. Hallelujah, Lord. I see you. You need to get right with the Lord. Stand up on your feet right now. You need to make a commitment to the Lord.
Hallelujah, Lord. Those of you who stood up, I want to lead you in a simple prayer of submission. I'm going to help you with the words, but you have to add your faith. I'm going to help you with the words, but you got to add your heart. So those who stood up, pray this prayer with me. Lord God, I stand before you today asking for your help. Lord God, I turn from my sins. I messed up, but I ask that you forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Created me a new heart, Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. Give me another opportunity. I commit, Jesus, to following after you. I commit, Jesus, to obeying you. Reveal yourself to me, Lord Jesus. Help me to read your word. Help me to follow after you. In Jesus' name, I submit. Amen. Let me pray for those who stood up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray, Father, for those who stood up that you draw them closer to you. I pray, Father God, that you give them a greater hunger and greater love for you. I pray that they wake up tomorrow with you on their mind, Lord God. I pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, Father God, give them passion for your presence, O oh Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I lift up those who stood up for you, Father God, that you help them to obey you, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. As I call up Pastor Raymond, is there anybody here who just needs extra prayer for strength maybe you're going through a rough time you just need just stand up on your feet i want to pray for those who need extra prayer for strength just stand up right where you're at christmas is a joyful time but it also could be a stressful time and we believe in the power of prayer some of y'all may be separated from loved ones and the enemy want to get you to focus on your circumstance but we're going to pray that you remain strong in this next couple days and even this next couple weeks as you go into this new year. I'm going to pray that God increases the peace in your life in Jesus' name. I want to ask those who stood up just as a sign of surrender, lift up your hands unto the Lord, just as a physical sign of surrender. We're going to pray over you. You're going, you're going to make it. You're going to make it in the name of Jesus. You're not going to look to the left. You're not going to look to the right in the name of Jesus. You're going to keep your heart pure. 
You're going to keep your motives pure. You're not going to get sucked into the anger of Christmas. You're not going to get sucked into the confusion of Christmas. Uh, you're going you're gonna to lean into the power of Christmas. You're going to lean into the peace of Christmas. You're going to lean into the joy of Christmas. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all those who stood up, Father God, in Jesus' name. The chaos of the season will not overwhelm them, Lord God. But Lord, you strengthen them, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you strengthen their mind. I pray that you strengthen their spirit, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father God, I rebuke a spirit of depression right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke a spirit of chaos right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I want to pray over relational conflict. Relational conflict. If anybody's here is experiencing relational conflict, just lift up your hand a little bit higher to the Lord as a signal to God. Just a little bit higher. And we're going to pray peace and reconciliation and strength over that relational conflict. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we release peace, Father God, over that relational conflict right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray for that husband or that wife or that estranged husband or that estranged wife or that estranged mother or that estranged uh, uh, father, Lord God. We pray for that rebellious son, Lord God, that rebellious daughter, Father God. We pray that your Holy Spirit grip their heart, Lord God. We pray that your Holy Spirit open their eyes, Lord God. We pray, Father God, wherever they're at, Father God, your Holy Spirit draw them unto you Father God we pray that you give them a spirit of repentance right now Lord God in the mighty name of Jesus Father God we lift up those broken relationships Father God reconciliation Lord God in Jesus name reconciliation Lord God in Jesus name give your people strength to stand Father God and Father God I pray there's there may be a couple people in here Lord God that are gonna have to be in some rooms with people that offended them because Christmas draws all sorts of people together. I pray that you give them the strength to stand in them rooms, Lord God. I pray that you give them the peace that is above all our understanding to stand in them rooms, Lord God, without, Lord God, uh, acting out in anger, without, Lord God, saying a negative word, Lord God. I pray that you give them the strength to hold their tongue, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord God, I pray that you give them the strength to let you fight their battles, Lord God. Let you fight their battles, oh, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, you said you'll fight our battles, Lord God. You said you go before us, oh, Lord God, and we trust in the victory that comes in you, Father God. We trust in the victory that comes into you, Lord. Release peace into your people's life, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shouts, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated.